Welcome back to episode 147 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency world and make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iron Man, and here's some of the topics we discussed today. First up, we recap the past two weeks, starting with ETH Denver. Next, examining the USDC scare and how that will affect the rest of the economy. And then, will people continue to have faith in the dollar or will it change soon? Finally, we get into how AI can possibly help the economy. All right, let's listen in. Welcome back to episode 147 of the Block Runner Podcast. I'm your host, William, always here with your co-host, Iman. What up, what up? And on the sticks, we got TJ. Hello. All right. All right, man, we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot. <laughs> a so, lot to recap. So we went to sick. Eat Denver, got sick. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Died. Yeah, we apologize for not being like breaking news, boys. Yeah. You know, like we missed the FTX debacle by like a week or so because we were also sick. Yeah. During that period, this is probably like the most juiciest of events that have uh, unraveled in recent times. Yeah, right? this is this is definitely much bigger than crypto. Yeah, exactly. FTX was mostly like a crypto exclusive event, right? But it yeah. was still had like widespread ramifications. Tons of people lost a lot of money. Yeah, tons of confidence exited the market basically, and apparently there's a tiny bit of like a contagion even into like the traditional finance space just a little bit with silvergate bank and stuff yeah but crypto is not to blame for what's going on here no definitely not in like the uh banking sector there's a whole i guess what people like pomper calling is it's the beginning of a whole financial collapse right yeah yeah that's yeah. what it looks like in according to the charts here um so <laughs> let's just kind of recap our uh, last two weeks so we went to eat denver um we were there for about four days <clears throat> And uh, we got to see... Interesting experience, yeah. Yeah, we got to see Vitalik on Zoom. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but Vitalik was like a small part of the yeah, whole experience, to be honest. definitely was. The main takeaways, I think we kind of got away from the, from that event. Obviously, the Ethereum community, massive. I think it was the biggest event they've yeah. had so far. That's right. A lot of that's probably attributed to the fact that it was free entry. So people took advantage of that. Mm -hmm. But still, there was a lot of people there looking to build new projects and stuff. So it was... That's a bullish indicator. Yeah. Even in a bear market, there's so much activity happening. And then another takeaway, layer two madness. Yeah. Con confirmed. Literally madness. Yeah. Just there's way everywhere. too many. Possibly. Coinbase is <laughs> creating their own layer two. There's optimistic rollups, Arbitrum, Correct. there's ZK. Yeah. And it makes sense. Like you have, to, if you're a big, like consensus has their own coming out as well soon. You know, it's just if you're a big entity like that in the Web3 space, you have to put your foot in that race. You mm -hmm. just do because there's a lot of t up for stake, right? It's literally the fees of the of the transaction layer of the network, the sequencer fees. Mm -hmm. That's basically what you get as if you're a Coinbase or a Consensus mm -hmm. or a ZK Sync, whatever. Yeah. All you're really doing is you're rolling out basically like a centralized service for hmm. for yeah. application builders yeah. to to facilitate transactions and then eventually append that to the main chain right and you get handsomely rewarded for that you get a cut of those fees so from a business perspective you have to get into that and position yourself one way or another mm -hmm. right if you're coinbase you can't let that opportunity just slide yeah. you know you got to be a sequencer so i think at the end of the day this whole layer 2 thing it's going to pan out and there's going to be probably 20 or 30 or so sequencers in the network it's and then gonna, it's yeah and then it'll consolidate down to two or three 
Probably over time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's happening. <laughs> we kind of been talking about this for the last six months or so. We've been covering it. Yeah. Not only that, uh, but Arbitrum just yesterday. So yeah. today is just uh, today is March 17th, Friday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Arbitrum came out with a video. Kind of a little cringy, but the point is they are doing an airdrop on the 23rd, which is about a week from now. Yeah. So that just more indication that the 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 heat or the flame of the layer two wars are kindling. Is kindling there? Is kindling mean like growing, or is that like dampening the the flame? I don't know. I'm not a camper. Kindling, Kindles like starting starting it. Perfect. That's yeah. what exactly what I mean. The yeah. the flames are being kindled, <laughs> and this airdrop is a good indication of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So zk Sync's coming out. They don't have a token yet. No, but that that's gonna be a big one. Yeah, everyone's saying this Arbitrum drop, I think, is the biggest one of all time. Is it really? People are predicting it to be such. Yeah, I think they have uh, narrowed it down from like 2.3 million wallets that Mm. could have qualified down to like 600,000 or 200,000. 600,000. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of uh, money being divvied out. It is. It's amazing that these, you know, that's how you onboard a community, I guess, right? Yeah. Or you go through the this the stage of I guess um, just bringing on more community governance as part of like the platform's progression and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So this is very like in line with the Web three ethos. You know? Yeah, it is. And expected. We predicted this would happen. It's happening. Uh, I think it's safe to assume at some point zk sync will go through the same yeah. transitionary period at some point, right? Yeah, it's good to see that these projects are still releasing tokens despite all this. <laughs> Regulatory uh, nightmare. Yeah. So let, let's let's get into it, dude. What, what, what actually happened since we've been sick? You um, know, there was a major scare with USDC at one point. Yeah. Right. So a few days after ETH Denver, yes. USDC gets depegged. That was probably one of the more terrifying moments it of my whole career. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I used to be an active trader, you know, it just didn't feel as grave as seeing like something so fundamentally yes like uh, backed yeah this is supposed to be like the the golden child of the web3 space something that has yeah. like all this regulatory yeah you know safeguarding yeah we call it coinbase circle and usdc a comfy cloud i remember at the conference we literally went up to the coinbase booth yeah yeah and started like asking them like is is Are usdc you- safe yeah yeah right yeah, yeah. Are you guys about to collapse? I think, yeah. And they had like the biggest like, bug eyes, dude. They were so scared. They're like, what are you talking about? It's like, it funds our Seifu, basically. Yeah. And like, you guys are, you guys are buying into the rumors. It's yeah. like, okay. Okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> they didn't know what the fuck was no. going on. They're just, you know. No, they're just like employees. Correct. So it was kind of like a bad thing to ask, but the rumors were true. And they were. Was. Yeah. And there was also a ton of other rumors floating around at the conference not necessarily totally related to USDC or Coinbase or Circle or whatever. Um, somebody literally came on stage. What's her name? Caitlin uh, Long. Yeah, she's opening a bank in Wyoming, right? But she came on. I, th- I, th- it felt like a total like Edward Snowden moment. You know, like a r- true whistleblower. Yeah. Trying to give everybody in the room a heads up of like what was what was coming, right? She, yeah, there she is. Oh wow! Oh, she, Look at oh, that. Six hours ago, she did a podcast with. Uh, yeah, so we haven't even watched this, but McCormick. I, based on what she said at the conference, I recommend everybody go watch that because yes, she has the inside scoop. 
clearly. She does. She's she's <laughs> being targeted by the government. She is. Yeah. Yeah. And she yeah, she was name dropping. She knew like the whole architecture of this attack in yeah. and out. And she she went on stage for about 30 minutes. It wasn't like a it, teleprompted speech or nothing. No, and I don't think she was scheduled to be up there. I think Yeah. I think they just put her up there. It seems like it. It's like, yeah, oh, like, just go ahead. Like, she's like, I got a whistle. I need to blow it. Yeah. 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 And it seemed like it, they were just, it's like, go ahead. Like, she didn't really know exactly what she could say, but the organizers yeah. of the event were like, just, just rent. Yeah. Just, you, just, yeah. Go. Basically, you need to listen to Caitlin. So she's going to come on. Yeah. And we were all just like, kind of like in we shock. Were, well, we were. So at the time, this was at the end of the day. So we were exhausted. So most True. of the talks weren't all that like invigorating. <laughs> So we were kind of like falling asleep. There's a lot of shill festing. Right? Yeah. So we're falling asleep on the couch, right? They had mm -hmm. couches there. She came on. She started talking about banks and failures and all this stuff. And yeah. we're like, we're, we're listening. Yeah. I remember we gave each other the look. Yeah, we <laughs> did. <laughs> you know, we're like, are, like, are you, you seeing this? this? Yeah. Is, is, is she saying what I think she's saying? Yeah. And I'm over there like rocking in my seat, yeah. with, like pure panic <laughs> and like uh, straight up over anxiety. Yeah. Because this is, I mean, I kind of knew this was going to come at some point. We've been calling it, yeah. For years, right? We've been having these discussions. What is going to be the United States' like, stance on all of Web3 once they kind of figure out, you know, I guess, uh, existential threat that it could pose to mm. their position of power, right? Yeah. That's, that's been my claim. Like, I think everything that's... I mean, Bitcoin was created out of the financial collapse of 2008, right? It's, it, yeah. it is the whole purpose, the premise of creating a digital financial system is to not depend on United States supremacy Correct. from an economics perspective, right? So it's like, that doesn't seem like something the United States would feel very, you know, comfy supporting, <laughs> right? That was my prediction. So yeah. I, I didn't know how they're going to like strategically fight against it. Yeah. But it seems like this is the beginnings of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's what Caitlin Long is kind of saying too. Well, so what do you think, dude? Like, because your position was, dude, nah. Well, the United States is not dumb enough to exclude themselves from correct. this like innovative wave, right? Correct, correct. So when we were listening to Caitlin Long speak, like you're saying that she was only up there for 30 minutes, but she was had a very positive vibe to it, though. She was talking about an impending collapse of the banking infrastructure, but she was saying, "But do not worry, guys. It's like we're gonna fight this, yeah, that's and, true. and we're gonna win this because." Yeah. Their fight has no legal ground. Mm. And so, and see what she was saying, that they are basically are, are poking the tiger to get the, 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 the uh, I guess, the legal infrastructure, the judicial system to actually make this the, the claim that um, crypto's, you know, not going to, you know, damage the economic system and all that stuff. But, mm. but the point is, is that she was very positive. And so I took the more optimistic uh, take, and yeah. Iron Man took the more pessimistic take. I did, I did, I know what you're saying, but I yeah, I definitely didn't feel like the positivity that you did. <laughs> <laughs> like when, after she got off the stage, we kind of like had to like leave for a minute just to kind of unpack our unpack what she just said ourselves. Yeah, me personally, I was I was like in a whole like panic mode. I was like, dude, it's time to exit like everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I'm. I'm Something big is coming. Yeah. And we need to kind of like hedge right. in the event. Like it's it's something that is non-recoverable, right? And and so y even though you had that feeling, it still wasn't clear exactly what needed to be done. Of course not. But that, that's, it's, you got to take calculated measures no matter what, right? And then because before all this was just rumor. Yeah. 
speculation. Well, she was feeling the heat already directly because she's starting. She's trying to create a, a bank called Custodia Bank, which yeah. is a non-fractional reserve banking. Yeah. And um, I, I guess a banking cartel is not allowing it, mm-hmm. and so she's she's receiving a, a bunch of resistance. Yeah. But uh, so she was blowing the whistle, but it wasn't exactly clear as to like how to hedge no. against this. Absolutely not. No, of course not. That's and that's not. She's not going to tell everybody. Well, she she didn't even know exactly how it was going to happen, but she yeah. said that she's getting resistance and mm-hmm. the banking uh, cartel are pushing back against crypto. Well, she was even more specific than that. She basically said, "This is straight from the Biden cabinet. Like this That's is a right. this is a That's White right. House yes. initiative." Yes. Somehow, like she got the the details of that. Um, you know, this isn't just like the Federal Reserve. Yeah, she had names and everything, and she yeah. didn't disclose those names. But yeah, yeah. Basically, she's out there. I got receipts. Yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah. If you don't believe me, it's like come come at me. Yeah. I could prove all this shit's about to happen. Right. So, yeah. it was terrifying, man. Like this whole. Because this is the first time, like, you know, a lot of things have happened in the crypto space. A lot of collapses, right? Yeah. A lot of... Um, yeah, we've seen 80, 90% collapses. Mm-hmm. But when uh, USDC collapsed, only 7%. That was, yeah. like, the scariest. That in con- conjunction of, like, a major Silicon Valley bank yeah. going under at the same time. And then starting to understand how much exposure, like, crypto and Web3 has to these banks. and Yeah. You just didn't know. They, and then, like... For like a couple of days, there wasn't really any clarity no, there from, wasn't. from anything, anybody. No. It was just Circle basically saying, yeah, we get, we're exposed, but everything's fine. Like, like yeah, exactly what exactly. like Sam FTX, said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they were just like, what the fuck? For like a couple of days, we're running around like headless chickens, like not <laughs> knowing what to do. Yeah. Nobody's telling us like the truth. Yeah. It was terrifying. Like legit, legit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and Ugh. and it went down as low as thirteen percent, and <laughs> yeah, it for, just kept going down. If it seemed like, yeah, I mean, for a second it looked like potentially that that was going to go to zero, yeah. but but realistically not, because I think Circle took like a seven or eight percent hit to their, I guess their deposit the deposit portfolio reserves, reserves yeah. for their USD one to one pegging. Because right, that's the thing about Circle. They're actually very transparent about where it is they're holding all their cash mm-hmm. in order to sustain that one-to-one peg. Yeah. But again, we did. We know we knew there's multiple banks that were like in line to yeah. suffer the same fate as uh, Silicon Valley Bank. And the four banks that collapsed, three of them are closely connected to the crypto industry. Correct. So we didn't know the extent. It's like, okay, for sure, like right now, 7% of Circle's holdings are like basically yeah. illiquid. Yes. So, but we didn't know the extent of like how much other, like how much more they were holding in these other banks, which ones are going to fail. Everybody was speculating about a massive bank run from Silicon Valley. Yep. Like on Monday. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, holy shit, man. Like what's going on? Like sky was falling yeah. like for real this time. Yeah. yeah. So it was falling, and then Sunday Sunday night comes around, and the government mm. steps in. Yeah, literally it's the last minute, right? Yeah, yeah. Before Monday opening. Yeah, so yeah. at that moment, it was um, Sunday night, and USDC was at 97 cents to the dollar. Mm-hmm. So it had recovered most of it. Yeah. And uh, once the government stepped in, that 100% of deposit is going to be covered. Do not worry. Taxpayers are not paying. Exactly. It just shoots back right back up right to right back dollar. to normal. Everything's yeah. fine. Every, yeah, everything's fine. There's no, no, there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> big government got us again. <laughs> you know, so 
that's how the market kind of reacts. And right now, the markets are pretty significantly up since all of this happened like a week ago. <coughs> Especially Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, what what now, I, found, I found weird is I, I just don't understand how the actual number, the market number of USDC goes down so just instantaneously, just like that. Like, even if there's rumors that a bank failed, like, all of a sudden, USDC tanks. Like, how is that a peg? I don't understand. A thousand percent. I mean, it's confidence, right? Yeah, I guess obviously. everything is depending on confidence, but it didn't seem... The, the whole point of the USDC being backed by the dollar is that there's really no confidence. Well, it's yeah. It's just it's, one for one. Correct. And that's part of their whole transparency. But in that moment, like, there was no more certainty. That's the problem. So whenever banks are stable and like everybody has confidence in like the so so basically from a technical perspective there just happens to be at that moment a lot more people selling usdc yeah than yeah. people it was basically USDC. like a digital bank run like that yeah. that's what we were witnessing in real time that's as usdc kept going down it, it was like the visualization of what was happening at what happened yes to silicon valley bank yeah 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 same thing happened like in in crypto i'm i'm assuming it's like even more uh potentially uh what's the word faster like more rapid yeah of a pullout right because it's it's digital yeah these motherfuckers had to go up to the bank yeah yeah yeah. there was a line at the bank (laughs) to take out their money exactly and like the big guys got their money out first like who peter teal peter teal was basically like the he blew the well he was uh the one who started the bank run correct because uh I guess he's got inside knowledge about what's going on in Silicon Valley. I wouldn't say inside knowledge, but he's, I mean, he he gets a, the calls, you know. Correct. He's that guy. Yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> is like. Yeah. So then, what he did was he got that phone call, Silicon Valley Bank. He he probably took out his own money, right? Mm-hmm. Called his portfolio companies, like you should probably remove your money from Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah. That spread like wildfire, and then you have a classic bank run. Correct. It at the speed of the internet. Yeah. So what is it that caused all this then? So Peter Till must have, Peter Till and his team they they saw something and actually there's a guy who owns like a, a little unknown hedge fund I think and he made a big short position on Silicon yeah. Valley Bank way back in January. He put out like a tweet thread in January, basically really? sounding the alarm bells. Of, we need to follow this guy, dude. Oh, absolutely. He's the new what's his name? Ball, like Steve Ballmer, I don't remember the big short guy for the 2008 collapse. Yeah. They made a movie about him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy will probably get a movie as well, you know, because he made the big short call before anybody else, you know. And then now everybody's referencing like, oh, okay, he he knew exactly what needed to happen in order for for a bank run to commence, right? And it was basically they had to. I guess capitalize some of those unrealized losses from what is it like over leveraging themselves by buying the top of the bond market essentially, because for the longest time, interest rates were at zero. So, and they're pumping in so much cash from like the overinflated tech market. Yeah. You know, and then they just, their deposits went up by like 300%. Yeah. Yeah. So what do they do? They're just like, I I guess we just buy treasuries with this stuff, mortgage backed securities, right? Cause it's to generate like some kind of yield. Yeah. It was one and a half percent yield. Yeah, which when, when you're talking about billions of dollars, like yeah, this is hundreds of millions of dollars. That's, that's yummy, dude. Yeah. That, how do you that not? That pays the bills, yeah. Yeah, how do you not? I mean, everybody does this, but it, what matters, I guess, is like how much. How uh, Yeah, how and, leveraged you are. Yeah, how exposed you are to a potential event of, okay, what happens when interest rates go back up? And right? the Fed has been increasing interest rates at the highest rate in yeah. history. 
Yeah, so they didn't account for that, I guess. Like they didn't expect it to be that aggressive. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you could expect that. I don't but think- you always have to hedge. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like the big takeaway. Everybody needs to kind of like learn. You can't assume anything in any market. Like you yeah, gotta, you, right. you gotta like finagle, dude. You yeah. gotta have finesse, and you gotta understand like the worst case scenarios, and not be like in 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 the fucking yeah. pathway of that that bazooka. Yeah, that could happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you still get a little bit of your profits. You just don't over leverage yourself to any one specific basket. But so, but uh, there's other factors that contributed to this. So not only the Fed increasing the interest rates, but a lot of a lot of investors weren't investing anymore in projects, and therefore there was no more deposits mm. into bank accounts because nobody was investing. And so all all projects were doing was burning cash. True. At, yeah. Because you got to pay bills. Yeah. Payroll, all those things. Yeah. So deposits were dwindling. And then on top of that, there was no input, right, into the system. There was no, um, you know, more investments, right, Silicon mm-hmm. Valley Bank. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, um, those people that were exiting the Silicon Valley Bank, they had to sell those treasuries at a loss, mm-hmm. which which prompted them to try to raise $2 billion. And then all of a sudden, that sounded the the, yeah. the, the red flag to everybody. Like to that like, was it. That was it. It's like, we got to pull our money out because yeah. they, they run out of deposits. Correct. It's very, it's it's insane how fragile like all of this it is. is. Two billion dollars doesn't seem like a whole lot of money. It doesn't. Whenever they have like two hundred billion dollars exactly. in assets or something like that, but the the big deciding factor is again is that confidence thing. You, yeah, you that's cannot, what it was. Yeah, you just cannot lose confidence in the financial system, Dude. which is why the Fed had to step in and like kind of like stop all this because the only backstop to like a loss in confidence in the financial banking sector it's is like the government. Government stepping in. Yeah, I mean, there's precedent for that. Yeah, you know. And if they didn't do what they did, then who knows how rapid this contagion would have spread. And so just because the government steps in doesn't mean they solve the issue, right? The the problem is still there. Absolutely. It's just uh, another... It's like a little band just got kicked again. Yeah, it got kicked. We've been saying, like, how long can the Federal Reserve keep kicking this fucking can? We don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah. But everybody's aware. That's the thing now. Like, I think back in 2008... That's the first time people were like... Open their eyes and like, or like, or a little bit more exposed to just like how, like, again, like house of card ish <laughs> this yeah. whole financial system is. And like, it just depends on what levers the Federal Reserve has pulled at, at any given time. Yeah. That's what gives the market confidence to kind of like resume business as usual. Right, right. Right. But everybody is also like massively aware, like, that this is not sustainable, right? There, there's an endpoint to this. There has to be. Yeah, there is. But but the problem with that is maybe there's a chance where there maybe isn't an endpoint because they could just, they are the Federal Reserve, uh, I guess the 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 reserve dollar right for the world. Correct. But but and they could just print more of it. Inflation goes up, but things things would increase in in price, and that's it. Like that's the consequence. But the the risk they have in that strategy is in the same thing with the banks. At some point. The rest of the world could lose confidence in the dollar itself. That's a good point. Yes, and then the the ramifications of that. All of a sudden, the the U.S. dollar excellent point ceases to become that world reserve currency. Then we're in a big pickle. Yeah, and (laughs) then if the rest of the world decides that Bitcoin is a world reserve currency, all of a sudden the 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 United States is no longer a superpower. Yeah, which is a big fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Big fuck to the United States, right? Like this is Dude, what they're trying to avoid all along. That's that's the ending point, right? It isn't it isn't yeah. the the 
oh, what's it called? The ceiling, the debt ceiling being increased. Like yeah. it's whenever everybody loses confidence exactly. in the dollar, right? Which yes. it's, I think slowly, we already know other nations are working on their own, you know, CBDCs, CBDC. yeah. their own kind of like exit routes away from dependency. Yeah. And then after all this, if this gets out of hand, you know, again, it's, it's just people stop, you know, pegging their own economic, yeah. like, uh, value to, to, the to dollar. our dollar. Yeah. It's like, man, that's not good news, dog. Dude, that's the, <laughs> that's the ticket, dude. That's the indicator. Well, now, so then, so then it, do you understand why, why, why they're so afraid of for sure, yeah. crypto and Bitcoin and stuff like this? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if, 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 uh, the target of Bitcoin and crypto is really the problem here. Like, yeah, crypto is like the alternative world reserve currency, right? Mm -hmm. Let's, let's mm -hmm. say it's Bitcoin. But it's it, the issue isn't that we have an alternative world reserve currency. The issue is the lack of confidence in the dollar mm. growing. Yeah. That's the real issue. It doesn't matter. It could be yen, the world reserve currency. It could be, mm. you know, uh, rupee. It doesn't matter what it is. The, the point is that the world reserve currency is no longer the dollar. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's really the core issue. Now, is there anything the United States could do about it? I'm not, I'm not so sure. Well... There's the other thing, because we're starting to see, like, uh, why is the White House targeting crypto? Like, what is the motivation behind that? From what I've been hearing is because they're, they're building sentiment, I guess, among regulators or, I guess, entities concerned about, like, this mm -hmm. confidence issue in the U.S. dollar or the economic status of the United States. Crypto poses, like, a, a systemic risk, potentially, of some kind. For sure. Right? So what is that risk that crypto could have on, like, a financial system? Well, I mean, if, if like you're saying, like if, if the, the whole world loses confidence in the dollar, then what is the alternative world reserve currency? Like you would think it's Bitcoin. It could be any other currency, right? It just depends on who has confidence in which currency. And it seems logical to assume that it would be Bitcoin, like that default currency that other countries select as a world reserve currency. Yeah. And so maybe that's why they're pushing back on crypto, but... They're just like in, in, further burning themselves if they do that. It, it, I think it's partly that. And then there's also the, the component of, I guess, the intertanglement of like the crypto space and the traditional banking sector, right? Because mm. banks still are involved with what's going on in the crypto space. And after yeah. FTX's collapse, I think it's evident now there's a precedent to where some entity within the crypto industry, I guess, grew to the scale of mm. like they're almost like in that too big to fail scenario yeah. almost yeah you know like if this would have left like left to flourish like ftx for let's say five more years they probably would have grown to a status of too big to fail and then if they did fail for whatever reason whether it's fraud you know, financial yeah. mismanagement in the treasury side uh fucking i don't know a massive hack of some kind yeah doesn't matter. Whatever it is that causes that entity to fail, that could be in the hundreds of billions of dollars. Yeah, uh, yeah. It basically, it's like it'd be like a major bank collapsing in itself, but it's tied to the banking infrastructure, right? So then that causes a, a, again like a contagion event. Yeah, I mean that's right? primarily the reason why Signature Bank went under. Correct. Yeah. So this is what I mean. Like th th there is evidence of like a systemic tie, at least from the Web three side. Mm, yeah, there is to the traditional finance side. So considering that. Crypto is very still wild west, still largely unregulated, which is wild. It's been around <laughs> for fourteen years or something like that. 
Yeah, but it takes time for I guess the government to, and and you, we know how the government is. It's a reactionary. Yeah, of course. Force like most most of the time they don't take preventative measures. They react to whenever things go sour, and then that's when real laws come out and real regulation comes about. You know, so yeah. I kind of get it. I know what they're saying. I mean, I don't think it's a good idea to exclude the United yeah. States completely from like this whole paradigm shift. Yeah. Like this is something that's almost like a sure lose. It's almost like a lose lose. For the it States. is a lose lose. Yeah. Yeah, because now they're they're having to concede power Correct. to something like Bitcoin potentially. There's that, and uh, then <laughs> they they lose the power as a result, and now all of a sudden it's a yeah. level playing field. There's nothing they could do to curtail like uh, I guess global adoption interests of as of Bitcoin. Right. Exactly. They cannot do anything for that. All they could do is strengthen their own position within right. this race with the dollar. Yes. And they're having we're having massive di difficulties doing that. Right. Yeah. So it's it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. You know what if the United so, States used their military forces? Oh God. Their strength uh -huh. to back the dollar, but also add bitcoin as what a, does that mean like as go and seize everyone's bitcoin no 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 oh. they would just be collecting bitcoin oh yeah they would just like hold that as a reserve just like they hold gold as a reserve yeah i mean <sighs> i think that would be a reasonable play like hedging you would think <laughs> i think yeah i mean in I the mean, event i mean assuming that these guys are smart i mean isn't that like the smart thing to do just like collect bitcoin uh, and hold it as a reserve? Uh, I feel like they have to be, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, because if, if the everyone outside the United States, all the countries decide that something else is a world reserve currency. I just don't think Bitcoin's gotten to that stage yet. No, it definitely. It's $400 billion. That's like yeah, nothing burger. Exactly. Not yet. You're right. Maybe. But now's some, the time to accumulate. Like, Well, at least like now is the time... People are really honing in on this narrative, right? If this truly is the start of the next financial collapse, the yeah. biggest one since we've seen since 2008, then this whole Bitcoin narrative, this is, it's time to shine, yeah, right? We've been, right? We've been waiting for this to kind of happen to see what, you know, is Bitcoin truly the safe haven asset it claims to be? Yeah. Like, just like precious metals are, and they've been traditionally pretty reliable in yeah. scenarios like this. Right. Right. So this is it. This is Bitcoin's like big time to shine. <laughs> yeah. If 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 the macro situation worsens and we do have like many 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 more banks, like in the process of um, you know, if collapsing, those, if those unrealized <laughs> losses actually become capitalized and every all of a sudden everybody just I don't know becomes insolvent in some way. Yeah. And then yeah, that's gonna have huge effects on the stock market and just the global economy as a whole. If Bitcoin some way, some miraculously way can just be, be everybody's escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah, it's GG, dude. It's over. It's cemented in human history as like this is the new digital gold. Right. You know? This is it. This is the, this is the moment. Yeah. And it would be more valuable than digital gold because right now it's worth uh, 11 or 12 trillion dollars. And we're looking at Bitcoin worth at 400 billion. Yeah. So what is that? That's, it's, big, it's a big that's one. That's a 30x <laughs> return. Correct. At least. Yeah. So, I mean, so in other words, this should be like the start of the bull market, right? For Bitcoin, yeah. at least. Uh, yeah. For theoretic sure. Theoretically. And if, I mean, if this is true. Prices are indicating so. Yeah. I mean, Bitcoin's been kind of going on a tear, dude. I mean, uh, we've been saying, 
this might just be one. It's a it's a black swan event. So we have our our own like built in assumptions when it comes to evaluating Bitcoin's yeah price trajectory, right? We were thinking like there's no way Bitcoin can just go on like a rapid tear at the moment because we're so far away from it happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Traditionally, like Bitcoin doesn't really have much of activity until like leading up. Yeah, maybe like six months before the happening. When is the next happening? In April next year. Okay. I mean, so November timeframe. That's when things start waking up. So this is potentially a black swan event at the scale that could just uh, push prop up, prop push up it, Bitcoin. Push it forward a little bit, like yeah. uh, you know, get get the timeframes a little bit. Yeah, skewed to the earlier side. It's possible. So I mean, if I mean twenty seven thousand dollar Bitcoin, we're almost roughly fifty percent from its all time high. Yeah. Like that's that's a big deal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and and this was the um, so this is right before banks were collapsing. This is right before it, and as soon as they collapse, we got Bitcoin like exploding. Yeah. So this is also. I think happening on the stock market and the equities side as well. And a lot of it has to do, I think with the federal reserve's response, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because now I think money printer is yeah. printing yeah. again, is burning Check once again. Out. So, uh, I've, so this chart, um, I, I've discovered it through pomps email. And so I found it on Fred. What's it? What did I say? Fred STO St. Louis fed St. Louis fed. Okay. So uh, so yeah, I kind of zoomed in here, and we're looking at we're looking at 2008 financial crisis. Money printer turns on, right? Boom, more money in the yeah. circulation helps curtail the uh, the banking collapse, right? Mm -hmm. Right, and so it sort of stays on, yeah, for a decade. It it definitely did, right? So let me <laughs> let me zoom out here. So it turns on now. They start a little quantitative easing. A little bit here tightening or tightening yeah yeah and then uh and then here's covid yeah it's another like black swan a pandemic right yeah big deal huge turn on right right the, yeah, yeah i mean they literally turned off the the uh, economy for about a year yeah roughly maybe like six months or so in some places but yeah that was a a situation where we needed some sort of injection of capital somehow, right? right? So money printer goes online. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's zoom in here, right? So, so here's COVID, right? They turn off, um, I guess the economy, right? Everybody stay home. Yeah. And then now we have quantitative easing still. Yeah. All the way through, let's say April twenty twenty two. Yeah. Things and this is probably like roughly when um, you know CPI numbers were. Yeah. Getting to an alarming rate. Right. Um, inflation was clearly becoming like a widespread issue. Everybody was becoming aware of it. And again, like that confidence issue in the dollar was starting to emerge. So I was like, okay, the Federal Reserve's job at this moment now right. is, is time to uh, inverse our activities, right? Right. This is whenever the interest rates started kicking in. Right. And uh, the money printer ceased. Yeah. Right. So you can kind of see it like in the slow drip off there. So yeah. everything was kind of like falling Everything was kind of going to plan. Yeah. Right? This is the Federal Reserve was doing its job. Yeah. According exactly. to like the tactics that it has to in order to keep everything stabilized. Right. Right. But here we are again. So now, <laughs> now let me zoom into that little tick there. Yeah. So now we got quantitative tightening for about, uh, I would say the last year or so. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden banks start collapsing and yeah. they turn on the generator of money. Correct. 
and they print three hundred billion dollars just like that. Yeah, yeah. So which the, I mean, I guess this only the question is: Is this the end of uh, the Federal Reserve needing to step in to uh, ensure depositors are secure? We don't know. Obviously, we don't know what other banks might fail. Credit Suisse had to get a bailout from their own. That's right. Yeah. Central bank. Uh, Credit Suisse is a massive bank. Yeah, international it's bank. Huge. Yes. So, what other massive banks out there? They're in are, Switzerland. That's yeah. the, I guess the, the, the offshore the, safe haven. Yeah, the of center the of exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but here's the thing. So they start printing three hundred billion new dollars, right? So mm. that means that inflation should be going up. Mm. And with inflation going up, that means CPI numbers are going to go up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. Who knows how much more dollars they need to print out in order to prevent a banking infrastructure collapse. That's right. So we're we're in that point where we don't really know what's going to happen next. Could yes. be more printing, yeah. CPI numbers, more things get more expensive. Yeah, the yeah, Federal Reserve Yeah, we're in a fucking definitely in an uncharted territory, like as an economy. We've never had to, or the, I guess the Fed's never had to deal with like m- multiple crises in simultaneous fashion right yeah. we've got the consumer crisis right where everybody has to deal with the ramifications of the last couple decades yeah the uh monetary policy of that where, where everyone's dealing with it like in the supermarkets yeah whatever cost of goods <laughs> but at the same time now the banks are also like potentially all collapsing at the same time so yeah. the federal reserve they can't like you know be concerned about both ends here yeah but, you know usually it's one or the other yeah, right. something's How going we, to collapse, right? Yeah, no I mean, if we continue to pump inflation up and then the cost of goods go up, I think over like a five-year time span, if if the inflation numbers stay at this rate yeah. or higher, the price of everything's going to double. That yeah. pretty much like voids out the entire middle middle class of like <laughs> sustainability, right? Yeah. Just just to safeguard you know the financial institutions. Yeah. Which is like fuck. What do you do if you're the Federal Reserve in this pickle? You know, who do you choose? You let the it, banks collapse it, in it, order to like curtail inflation and to make sure like the you know the middle class doesn't yeah. dissipate. Yeah. Or do you let the people collapse? <laughs> yeah. Do you, leave the, do you let the people suffer in order to ensure yeah. what it is that's appending the entire economic infrastructure doesn't just go kaput? Yeah. That means people can't pay for not only the groceries or the gas, but yeah, it cuts into mortgage bills and well, and it, it defaults also, on loans. Exactly. Like bigger things. Everything. Yeah goes down at that point and that that thing we were talking about confidence in the u.s financial system and the dollar and all that just goes to nothing so if you were to properly hedge here i mean either buy like not only gold i'm on the tj wagon here firearms yeah i'm thinking like chickens yeah i'm thinking bullets (laughs) i'm thinking canned food at this point dude it's like practical (laughs) practical goods at this point you know Maybe this whole like financial game is like not even worth See, playing but, anymore. But even then, <laughs> even then, if you just like stock up on like chickens and weapons and bullets, yeah, you you have to be a looter. That means you have to go out and like find goods to like sustain yourself. Versus like preparing for like a sustainable existence, farm, you know, all the animals. Yeah, you know. Well, that's that's food growing systems. Yeah, that's the harsh reality, right? Of Majority of people will will be have to become looters. Yeah, <laughs> because who's who's hedging properly at this moment? For one, nobody. It You're requires right. resources. 
and time and planning and oh, yeah. for one understanding of what's going on. Yes. So yeah, the majority, the mass majority of peoples are not going to be prepared for this in any way. Yeah. Everybody's dependent on this whole thing being figured out outside of their own involvement or even like knowledge of it occurring, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I feel like this type of knowledge is lost on probably 95% of the population. Oh yeah. And that's by design because this is not for... This is not fun, first of all. Well, yeah, and it's 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 to keep only like a small segment of of people, like uh, you know, being main recipients, yeah, of like survivors of, of, of the this. gains of these you know these ebbs and flows of the market. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I'll be ahead of all the other looters. <laughs> you create like the biggest arsenal, dude. Yeah, yeah, TJ so starts looting. Start before. your start your battalions now. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, start having as many kids as you have as you can have in, yeah. in preparation, so you can have like your own little compound unit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know, dude. There's that, and then there's then you gotta like factor in what's going on, like in the uh, Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, like in the fucking that frontier as well. Yeah, there's some there's more shit going on than just you know the financial doom that's ahead of us. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is like um, this is the this is the equivalent of a financial nuclear strike. Yeah. Well, this to me, this this just feels like you know, like again, this stability, like the legs are being kicked yeah. away. Yeah. And we, we, the thing, the reason why I've been talking about this for years is because I'm, I'm deeply terrified. Yeah. Because of my understanding of history, mm-hmm. <laughs> of what comes after these types of events, I'm very scared of that. And I think most, for well, sure, most people don't understand what that means or what that's going to look like. I agree. I agree. Nobody even has that like in their experience box. Call their brains. <laughs> 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 Nobody, at least like not on this on this side where we're, where we reside. Most people have no idea what. Well, that's, the what closest that like. thing to come to this is uh, the 1920s. Exactly. Collapse. Well, guess what? Everyone's grandpaps and grandmas are pretty are much dead. Yeah. There's no one's around to like tell us, you know, youngins, what's good, what's good. It's like yeah. you guys are fucked, and you guys <laughs> need to like settle down, youngins. You know, you need to, you know, go to church. But here's <laughs> the thing: the 1920s, it was bad. But it's not as bad as what we're talking about here. This is like a yeah. The, I, the dollar yeah. is being questioned as being the Federal Reserve, you know, note for the planet. Yeah, agreed. Right. So this I, is I think, much bigger than 1920s. Well, I, I think so. Uh, uh, yeah, I think the 1920s collapse. I mean, it was a new emerging market, right? Yeah. And as a result, that's where a lot of these regulations that that's we right. depend on came from again it was it was basically like think of it as like an early crypto market that was like the wild west yeah a lot of people got rich in the 20s you know the, new york city literally like blossomed as a result yeah and, retail was left holding the bag yeah and yeah like the whole financial system kind of like came from that and then you know the federal reserve stepped in to kind of like you know navigate the future of this whole market and this economy and stuff and yeah you know, a lot of the things that like our founding fathers kind of warned us against, you know, it's like whatever you do, don't let a central bank like take over and like dictate the economy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And we're like, we, we promise Mr. Jefferson <laughs> <laughs> that will never happen here. Yeah. And it fucking did. And here we are as a result. Like they knew this shit would happen at some point. Yeah. Somehow those motherfuckers are so goddamn smart. So brilliant. Yeah. So ahead of their time. Yeah. They warned know? us. They did. It's, it's like crazy. The, the worst thing you could do, like in the future, 
you know, new Americans yeah. <laughs> is to allow central banks to take over. And fuck, here we are, dude. <laughs> it's happened. Damn, dude. This is quite the timeline we're on. <laughs> yeah. Do you think AI is going to save us from this one, dude? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I definitely don't think so. Good. Yeah, I, I never did. I, I never, like, he, uh, what's the word? Had that much hope and faith in technology. Like, it's our savior uh, to all this. I mean, know? can it, like, suggest, make suggestions? I think if I it think had it enough. Could, actually, yeah. It could. I think if it had all the information that mm -hmm. we're talking about here, like, disposable, yeah. like, on a whim, on a question, I think it could make reasonable suggestions. Yeah, I mean, GTP4 just got released, so maybe... Yeah, maybe now's the time <laughs> to start asking. That like, would be the fucking... That would be the best marketing campaign for, like, OpenAI. It's like, it would be. It's like, how do you... How do we get out of this pickle, <laughs> AI? <laughs> you know, what do we do? Somebody needs to be asking, like, you know, because it's not clear. I mean, it, we can't just 100% rely on what the Federal Reserve... Imagine if, if it responded with, like, easy, buy Bitcoin... Dude, we gotta try this out now. Yeah. We gotta ask it and see what it says. See, the the only issue is we don't know if ChatGPT four has access to mm. like the latest information. Like, it doesn't sure. know that we just printed three hundred billion dollars. It probably doesn't know that these banks collapsed. Yeah, it doesn't know like that. that. I, I wonder why it's not up to date. I don't like, know. Real time, like Fed. I don't know information. I don't it's know. Quite complex. Something. It's I'm very sure complex. it is. I mean, I think they know that's like the optimal design. Like and it has real time feed just like we do. Yeah. But and it would always be unfiltered. There'd be like racist, like, you know, mm. inputs and all kinds of like negative inputs. Yeah. So they, they have to filter it out somehow. Doesn't matter though, dude. Yeah, AI is not the, gonna be the great savior here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is just uh this is this the macro side, dude. Uh, we've kind of like been ignoring it for not ignoring it, but ha not covering it as much as we used to. Yeah. Just because, it, yeah, th there's no money to be made here unless. Well, I mean, there kind of is. It's not about money. It's just it's about you got to always factor in the macro situation because we're Web three guys, right? We're we're in the crypto space and we're very honed in on our world, our our little zone. Yeah. But we know the macro situation has a lot of impact on yeah. on everything that's right. going on in Web three. So, <laughs> having said that. What's the future look like, dude? <laughs> what do you think? Um, I'm well, sure people want to know. It's like, how are we supposed to react to all this? Well, I, I, obviously, the Federal Reserve has a big problem to solve. So they're going to be clearly their solution right now is to print more money. So in the short term, most likely, the like the market understands what that means. Yeah. At least like the major players in these markets, they understand as long as the money printer is going, there's money to be made in these markets. Yes. Right. So expect probably some positive momentum. As long as the Federal Reserve allows it to go on, I guess. As long as we can, uh, the the, Stabilize. Uh, the public can yeah. can stomach the inflation. That too. Right. That's that the too. only way. Because once the yeah. public starts like rioting, is like I can't buy groceries. Yeah. We, we got a problem. That's that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of things to look out for as far as like how the market's going to react to this. Because I think right now in the short term, it's it's a positive indicator. You know. Yeah. But the the actual fallout from all this hasn't really hit yet right so yeah so the fed they're not going to increase interest rates anymore because that's going to increase the chances of banks failing i think they are though i think you they think, you think I'm so i'm pretty sure they still have to 
That's what I'm saying. Like, this is very weird. I don't think this money printer shit's gonna like be on for too long. Well, maybe they could just print more money, increase the interest rates, have the liquidity to buy out the banks mm. or keep the deposits in in mm -hmm. the banks, mm -hmm. and maybe that's good enough to like you know get the get the banks to maturity on their purchases. Yeah, and all of a sudden, like they're good. Yeah, it really does. All, yeah, it all depends on inflation. Like, because we know if yeah. inflation is still up then they have to keep raising their interest rates. They just do by design. And that's going to have more fallout effects on the, the banking side, no matter what. Hmm. Because everybody's exposed to this. To this uh, so don't keep your money in banks, basically, because they could default. But then the government's got your back as, as far uh, as deposits go. That's, that's uh, the sentiment of now, right? Yeah. Because of what they did. That's not sustainable. It's not. And we don't know like at what size and scale... Of, of a banking collapse, will the government actually be able to step in like all the way, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I mean, what else are you going to do? If you can't keep your money in the bank, yeah. what, what do you do? Bitcoin. Oh my God, <laughs> dude. All roads lead to Bitcoin. <laughs> what are you going to do with Bitcoin though? That's the thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, if you can't exit, I mean, yeah. what's the point? Exactly. There yeah. really is like no safe No, spot. there isn't. Like crypto. Get you some rubles. <laughs> some rubles. Some Iraqi dinars. <laughs> Anything, dude. I don't fucking know anymore. And that's the problem. That is. You're right. Everybody, if I feel this way, we're like, I, I feel like nothing is safe, to be honest. Yeah, that's what it feels like. That's I agree. a problem. Even banks. I don't feel safe in the bank. Yeah, I agree. That yeah. is a monumental issue <laughs> for the economy. Nice. And, and that's just me who has no money. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the guys that have tons of money and they don't feel comfortable anymore about like where that money should be. Yeah. You can't stick it in treasuries anymore. Yep. Because, you know, people are losing confidence. There's a decrease in demand for these things because of what's going on with the interest rates and stuff. And nobody knows what the Fed's next moves will be. Yeah. Right. You can't believe the Fed anymore or they can't believe the government and like their. Yeah. And their ability to back you. Yeah. Uh, so like, what do you do? Yeah. Bitcoin, okay, out. Bitcoin sounds cool on paper, but yeah, there's what if there's no real exits? Exit. Yeah, you can't trust stable coins anymore in the, in the crypto market. If you want to like spread your, you I know, guess one capital. exit that we're not accounting for is potentially like institutions accepting Bitcoin for payment. Yeah, that's that's the only form of exit that, that doesn't have to include the banks. Seems highly unlikely. It is. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> seems highly unlikely. So in that scenario, man, like, unfortunately, this becomes like a mainstay of uh, any business or entity, whatever, uh, of daily endeavors. You got to keep close eyes on your treasury, close eyes on the news and the status of the economy. And you have to be nimble and flexible and be able to move in and out quickly of different what asset if, classes. What if the government adopts a CBDC? Where there's like burning mechanisms and like takes all the the mechanics of like tokenomics seriously and and uh, transparently. Well, that's basically what the Federal Reserve is. It's like a, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's, 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 think of the Federal Reserve as like one ginormous DAO that's issuing like some stable coin. <laughs> yeah, a DAO that no one has input on. Correct. Well, yeah, it's it's a SAO, yeah. centralized. Organization, a, a yeah, co, a so, yeah. I don't fucking know. It's it's a central bank, and I'm I'm pretty sure at some point they're gonna have to do their own digital currency of their own, and they they might might yeah. reboot this whole thing, potentially. 
and like not depend on the the banks to become like right. you know the the harborers of like what gives these digital currencies their stability because as proven yeah they're not 100 percent reliable at least not as reliable as like the federal government according to their eyes yeah you know and i understand because deposits they need to use the deposits to make money otherwise yeah. the deposit that just sits there that doesn't do anything doesn't pay the yeah. bills correct yeah we can't trust banks anymore to be like 100 percent responsible custodians of our uh yeah financial positionings i guess but because you know banks can fail and uh Government cannot. <laughs> if government does fail, like it's pretty much the whole show ends. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. from their perspective, that is the safest uh, issuer of, uh, I don't know, monetary strength. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So this was a crazy last two weeks. Um, as you can see here, uh, the last uh, Black Swan event happened in 2008. Yeah. And then happened again in 2020 with COVID, and we're seeing the potential another potential black swan event with banks right. failing. Yeah. In, uh, yeah. In the span of three years. I'm definitely not like in some sort of like, there's no way we're heading like 200 K Bitcoin anytime soon. In my opinion, I think mm -hmm. this is a short lived euphoric moment for Bitcoin right now. For just, yeah. Just talking Bitcoin at the sure, moment. Yeah. I agree. We'll probably get to like 30, 35 K. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then I expect something, whether it's like quantitative tightening, Something, something to hit the news and uh, people to kind of like snap back to reality. Yeah, Bitcoin is no w no way going to like 100K like anytime soon. We still got at least a year, another happening cycle before yeah. it potentially thinks about doing that. Yeah, unless like something hits the news where like, I don't know, some sort of insane uh, adoption event. Yeah, from a more, government more scale. banks failing. Less, more banks failing. Less trust. Just maybe like Switzerland itself is like, all right, we're gonna now that our banks and our, uh, yeah, we need domain, a bailout. Yeah, we we need to adopt Bitcoin a little more stringently as a hedge against what's going on in the United States. Like more stuff like this, more nations around the world starting to recognize like the dollar is weakening. Dude, imagine instead of buying mortgage-backed securities, they buy Bitcoin. Well, that's what needs to happen. Holy yeah. shit. That's the only real bull scenario where you can get to these like trillion dollar yeah. ex uh, expectations, I guess. Yeah. You know, so this is interesting, man. It's it's slowly starting to happen. You know, all these man. macro things. We, we said it in order for Bitcoin to get because it's not going to be like a corporate run up that's going to cause the next bull cycle in order to get the amount of capital that's required to get yeah. Bitcoin to that. Countries need to go in. Yeah. Shit like this, but and what would you say before countries go in, the whole financial system has to destabilize. Yeah, first. for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's it's just it's so it's like a fucking script, dude. It is. It Satoshi is. literally came <laughs> up with the script, dude. I think this might be this might be end times, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it was foreseen See, in the Bible. <laughs> it's it, what's well, I don't know about all that, but <laughs> why not? Is that so crazy anymore? <laughs> I mean that is crazy. Okay. I'd, I'd have to say that that would be that would qualify as crazy. He draws the line. Yeah. yeah. However, that's what Dan Larimer's saying isn't that funny? Oh yeah, that's true. He did say that. He's tweeting about end times. Like like this is it. This is evidence of yeah. like biblical prophecy, yeah, yeah, like yeah. like coming to fruition. Yeah. I mean Dan Larimer was once the golden boy of the crypto space. Yeah, I just don't know how much connection there is to like banks failing to the Bible or anything like that. So yeah, we'll see. 
Um, but there's evidence to suggest that shit is falling apart, yeah, right? And correct. so there, there is a lot of, um, you know, sentiment around that and its connection to like these prophecies and all that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let, let's call it here. I appreciate you guys for watching. This has been uh, the Block Runner podcast number one. 170, 147. 147. Yeah, like way that. off, dude. Yeah, dude. Something <laughs> like that. And uh, yeah, let us know if you have any questions. If, uh, if this like too deep uh, macroeconomic discussion is like too into the weeds, let us know in the comment section below. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Twitter at the Block Runner, at Meadowzone.io, and at Roby AI, and we will catch you in the next podcast. Peace. <laughs>